Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's Saturday the 13th of May. I'm Jamie East and this was a week that saw King Charles III crowned, a low-key victory day for Putin, Donald Trump lose in New York and Eurovision fever hits Liverpool. Grab a cup of something hot, put up your feet and get up to speed on the seven biggest stories of the week. This is the Standout 7 from the Smart 7. It's news, but not the news. Charles Philip Arthur George Windsor was finally crowned king last Saturday at the ripe old age of 74. He and Queen Camilla had a lavish ceremony at Westminster Abbey in front of 2,000 guests, complete with gold coach and a mid-ceremony costume change. It all culminated with King Charles III making his solemn vows. I, Charles, do solemnly and sincerely, in the presence of God, profess that I am a faithful Protestant, that I will uphold and maintain the said enactments to the best of my powers according to law. Sunday saw a big lunch take place across the UK with Rishi Sunak and Jill Biden hosting a street party on Downing Street. There were accusations of heavy-handed policing too with protesters arrested and detained including volunteers who were handing out rape alarms. Sunday night finished off with a coronation concert from Windsor Castle with Lionel Richie, Katy Perry and Take That and a speech from Prince William. Oh, and you can find our Smarter 7 special on King Charles III, The Rocky Road to Reigning, wherever you get your podcasts. As my grandmother said when she was crowned, coronations are a declaration of our hopes for the future. And I know she's up there, fondly keeping an eye on us, and she'll be a very proud mother. Monday was the final day of coronation celebrations, and the public was invited to spend their bank holiday volunteering as part of the big help out. Rishi had his sleeves rolled up and was busy making sandwiches in a Hertfordshire community hall. While he was there, he addressed the backlash over arrests of peaceful protesters at Saturday's coronation, although he didn't seem too concerned. Actually, I'm grateful to the police and everyone who played a part in ensuring that this weekend has gone so well, so successfully and so safely. That was an extraordinary effort by so many people and I'm grateful to them for all their hard work. The Met Police made 64 arrests during the coronation. Graham Smith is a CEO of anti-monarchy campaign group Republic and was one of those arrested on Saturday. He said he's surprised by how events on Folded. We turned up to peacefully protest. We'd had four months of conversations with the police. We turned up and we were immediately surrounded by large numbers of police officers who uh, detained us and then arrested us and kept us in police station for 16 hours without any cause whatsoever. Dal Babu, former chief superintendent with the Met Police, says the weekend's events did little to improve public perception of the police. Trust has never been lower in, in the police. There was a huge problem in trust in the police and uh, a lot of this will be uh, people saying that we don't trust the police. So the police have got to work very, very hard to win back that trust. Russia cranked up the pressure on Ukraine again this week with a huge wave of drone and missile attacks which came in advance of Russia's Victory Day celebrations. But the attacks didn't appear to have any impact on Ukraine. In fact, former Ukrainian Prime Minister Arseniy Yatsenyuk says his country is coping well with the onslaught. During the night, Russians launched 35 Iran-made drones 
and Ukrainian air defense system managed to shoot down every single Iranian-made drone. Tuesday saw President Vladimir Putin in Moscow's Red Square for the annual Victory Day military parade. It commemorates the win over the Nazis in 1945, but was more of a scaled-back version this year, with no air display or immortal regiment march, where people walk with portraits of their veteran relatives. There was also a notable shortage of tanks and military equipment. May the 9th was also Europe Day, and European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen paid a visit to Kyiv to underline the EU's support for Ukraine, even as Putin used his speech during the ceremony to accuse the West of waging a war against his country. The Western elites and globalists are insisting on their exceptional character and they're provoking conflicts and they are encouraging Russophobia and nationalism. Meanwhile, during her trip to the UK for the King's coronation, First Lady of Ukraine, Elena Zelenska, visited a British Army training camp where troops are turning Ukrainian civilians into soldiers. She spoke to Good Morning Britain. We are really very proud of these people. Some people were builders, some people were medics, and now they they want to protect the country. Meanwhile, NATO Secretary Jen Stoltenberg claims Russia underestimated the Ukrainian army and its NATO allies when invading the country. We have to remember that this was a war that President Putin uh, planned to win within days. And now they have uh, uh, been in Ukraine for uh, 15 months and they have suffered heavy casualties. And, uh, and this just um, demonstrates the big strategic uh, mistake it was by President Putin. There appeared to be a Ukrainian breakthrough around the battleground city of Bakhmut this week, but it's still not clear if that's part of the much-anticipated spring offensive. In fact, on Thursday, Vladimir Zelensky says his country needs more time. The president expressed his confidence in his armed forces and said they could go ahead with the push now, but they're still waiting for armoured vehicles. Mentally, we're ready. In terms of equipment, not everything has arrived yet. We can advance with what we've got and I think we can be successful, but we will lose a lot of people. I think that is unacceptable. We need to wait. We need a bit more time. And following those repeated pleas, the Defence Secretary's confirmed reports Britain is providing long-range cruise missiles for the first time. Ben Wallace told the Commons the country has a right to be able to defend itself. Today I can confirm that the UK is donating Storm Shadow missiles to Ukraine. Storm Shadow is a long-range, conventional-only precision strike capability. The donation of these weapon systems gives Ukraine the best chance to defend themselves against Russia's continued brutality. The government's controversial Stop the Boats bill has felt the wrath of the Archbishop of Canterbury. Justin Welby attacked the proposed legislation which will effectively bar anyone who arrives illegally from claiming asylum in the UK and warned it risks damaging Britain's reputation at home and abroad. Speaking in the House of Lords, he warned the bill wouldn't stop the boats coming and stressed the need for safe and legal routes. It is a siloed bill, not a whole-of-government bill. It does not draw in conflict (coughs) management and prevention which drives migration. It does not draw in climate impacts, which drive migration and conflict. It is isolationist. It is morally unacceptable. However, Home Secretary Suella Braveman urged peers to get behind the legislation and not block the will of the people. Home Office peer Lord Murray laid out the government case. We must stop the boats. This bill in conjunction with the other steps the government is taking, is a necessary, urgent and indeed compassionate response to the daily challenge posed to the integrity of our immigration system. Justin Welby wasn't alone in his opposition, though, with Baroness Pressure arguing that the bill doesn't align with the values of Britain. My Lords, 
It is not the values of those seeking asylum here which are at odds with the values. It is this bill which is at odds with the values of our country. In a move to free up GP appointments in England, high street chemists are getting more powers to prescribe certain treatments so you won't have to see a doctor. Under the Pharmacy First service, you'll be able to grab drugs for seven common conditions, including earache, sore throat and urinary tract infections. Whilst announcing the new measures on Tuesday, Rishi Sunak was probed about his manifesto pledge to hire 6,000 more GPs by 2024. What we are doing on GP numbers is straightforward. So right now, there are almost 2,000 more doctors working in general practice than there were in 2019. But also, it is the case that not everyone needs to see a GP. My dad was a GP, my mum was a pharmacist. So the other thing that we're doing is investing in lots of other roles. Chemists will be able to give out antibiotics as well as contraceptive pills. So half a million women will no longer need to see a doctor to top up their prescription. Health Minister Neil O'Brien says it'll be more convenient for patients and it'll take the pressure off GPs. So a whole bunch of things that you uh, have to go for your GP to today, you'll be able to do at your uh, pharmacist. And we think it will save something in the order of 15 million GP appointments. So as well as being a really convenient way of getting treated. Dr Kieran Sharrick is acting chair of the BMA GP committee. He works in a practice two days a week and says anything to reduce their workload is helpful, but the government's plan is only a drop in the ocean. So we're really, really struggling to provide the care we want to. Um, and this plan is really just scratching the surface and not going to help a huge amount. Still to come on the standout seven, Donald Trump chalks up another loss and Eurovision fever hits Liverpool. Right after this. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back. A New York jury reached a verdict within three hours in the civil case against former President Donald Trump. Writer E. Jean Carroll had accused him of rape and defamation, and the 79-year-old former Elle magazine columnist was in the first row in court on Tuesday, where the jury found him liable for a charge of sexual abuse and also found him guilty of defamation, awarding Carroll almost $5 million. Former People magazine journalist Natasha Stoinoff, who's also accused Trump of sexual assault, said it's a significant finding. For many of us who came forward in 2016, it's been a long road um, and we've dealt with a lot of people not believing our stories. So to, to give the story under oath and have a jury believe it is um, a very heart, you know, heartwarming um, vindicating feeling. Trump, who wasn't called to the witness stand, previously said the claims were a complete con job and went on the social media platform Truth Social to give his view on the verdict. I have absolutely no idea who this woman is. The verdict is a disgrace, a continuation of the greatest witch hunt of all time. Absolutely a shame. E. Jean Carroll didn't speak outside court on Tuesday, but she did a round of interviews on Wednesday morning, including a chat with CNN, and said the victory meant a lot, not just to her. I'm overwhelmed, overwhelmed with joy 
and happiness and delight for the women in this country. And in a jarring media moment, CNN then hosted a town hall with Donald Trump on Wednesday evening as the leading candidate for the Republican presidential nomination. Trump got the chance to spread his election lies, appeared to defame Carroll again, and brushed off any attempts by moderator Caitlin Collins to fact-check him as he denied election inheritance in Georgia. And when we can't make a call to question election results, then this country ought to just... Forget about it. You weren't just questioning the election results. I was you were asking the election. to find you votes. And I should note that there is no evidence of fraud. There is no rigged election in the state of Georgia. I want to get back to the audience, though, <laughs> Mr. President, because those are false claims you're making about what happened in Georgia. Sharon Horgan hit the red carpet this weekend at the Ifters in Dublin, where she scooped up the lead actress in a drama award for her role in Bad Sisters. The Irish actress is also the creator of the Apple TV Plus series, which follows a group of sisters at the centre of a life insurance investigation, and it's expected the show's second season will be released sometime this year. Of course, she was asked about what fans can expect in season two, and her answer was brutally honest. It's more of the sisters, and we don't have a prick anymore. <laughs> We have other pricks though, so a lot of it is about the fallout of what happens when something as catastrophic as that occurs in your life. Eurovision hopeful Mae Muller says she's excited to represent the UK in Saturday's grand final with the track I Wrote a Song. Liverpool's hosting the event on behalf of Ukraine after it won last year, with electronic duo Tvorchi performing the song Heart of Steel, which was written during the fall of Mariupol. The second semi-final took place last night and sees crowd favourites Australia through to the final. May says the build-up's been huge and she's ready to go. I feel like, you know, before I was announced, before the song was released, you never, you can never quite guess how it's going to go. So just seeing people enjoying the song and just enjoying Eurovision, it's just been very, very, yeah, I couldn't have asked for like a better welcome, really. You've been listening to The Smart 7. We'll be back tomorrow at 7 a.m. Hit that follow button and have a great day. Give us seven minutes, we'll give you the world. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.